This is a show where my dad and I talk about work and how to enjoy it, and we also provide a weekly housing market update and provide a quick answer to common mortgage questions. Please enjoy the Dirty Troughs podcast from Cleveland Street Mortgage. All right, thanks for watching the Dirty Troughs podcast episode two. Today we are going to get into discipline a little bit, but first we're going to start with our mortgage question of the day and a quick market update. Um, Dad, yes. how do you budget for closing costs when you're getting a mortgage? Yeah. And then what should people expect and, and how do they know how much to budget for yeah. those? No, that's a great question and really it's kind of part of a broader question is, is when you start thinking about getting a mortgage, you know, the, the number one first thing you need to do is to meet with a mortgage professional and establish a plan. Um, because because it's hard to answer that question in the abstract, you know, because it depends on what kind of a loan you're getting, you know, mm-hmm. and it depends on, you know, how much cash do you have? Are you are you willing to take a higher rate? Can you afford to take a higher rate? Because that will mean lower closing costs, and that will drive your closing costs down, the total amount of cash you need. So it really is a question that should be answered in the context of your specific sure. situation. Now, you know, having said that, generally there's two main components to what are called settlement costs on your official loan documents. So real quick, just in case there's anyone very, very new watching, there's you, you know you have to budget for a down payment, but on top of your down payment when you're getting a mortgage, you also have some additional costs um, for, for various reasons that you're going to have to pay for your loan. So those are the closing costs that we're going to yeah, talk about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's really two main components of that. There, there are your transaction costs, which are the fees you pay for the people who are providing you services to get your loan. There's an appraiser involved, there's title companies involved, there's escrow companies, there's lenders involved, there's credit reports involved. Um, and so there's all of these different elements and all of those people get paid. No surprise there. Um, and so those are your fees that you're paying for services. And, and I would just rule of thumb, and, and again, this matters, you know, it really does matter. You know, are you buying a, you know, a, house, you're buying a $3 million house, those numbers will scale a little bit. But, you know, let's say you're allowing for, let's say, around $5,000 for paying fees for those services. Um, And then the other component is going to be not transaction cost for services associated with getting your loan, but cost associated with owning a property that you end up having to finance through the loan process. And that means that includes things like um, real estate taxes. Typically, you have to fund a certain number of months of real estate taxes. Now, that's not paying extra real estate taxes. That's just paying the real estate taxes associated with the property that you either already own or are going to own. But typically, you have to fund some months of those through the closing process. Same with homeowners insurance. You have to you have to fund some months of those. Um, and so, generally, I would add another five thousand dollars for prepaid. That's very average. Uh, yeah, very very kind of rule of thumb. But again, you know, the main I, I think the most important thing you can do, and that's if you want to buy a house in twenty twenty two, if you want to buy a house in twenty twenty three, now is a great time to meet with a mortgage professional and just go through. You know, they don't charge you for meeting. They don't charge you, and there's so many things that that. Um, if you know ahead of time, can help to optimize the outcome down the road. And so I definitely would advise that. Yeah. And those, those costs are not included. If you have a 20% down payment, those, that extra 10000 that he's talking about is not part of that 20%. You have to pay that on top of 
your your down. That, that's right. right. So if you're buying a hundred thousand dollar house, who knows what that would be? But if you're buying a hundred thousand dollar house, that would be twenty thousand plus ten thousand. So you'd have to have thirty thousand available to you in order to do that transaction. Great. Good clarification. Great. Great. Um, quick mortgage update for the yeah. day. What's going on in the market? Is any is market favoring any group, sellers, buyers, investors right now? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely continuing kind of to see that rebalancing from that super hot seller's market that we've mm -hmm. been in for such a long time. You know, we had that superheated seller's market. And, um, and you know, as just about everybody knows, that, that, that has been um, cooling off for some time. And, and, and it's a much more balanced market right now. So you're seeing a lot more um, properties that are sitting for longer. So if you were a buyer who got discouraged, who kind of got on the sidelines because too many cash offers, too many offers that you were competing with, there was just never a property that was around long enough to consider. This is a time where you can you can make a careful, considered evaluation of a property that's on the market and still perhaps get that. You know, there's there's properties that have been sitting longer than 30 days. You know, and most of the time those properties are going to reduce their price as well. Mm -hmm. So you might even be able to go in there. Mm -hmm. The other thing to be aware of, um, something that's really popular right now is um, either temporary or permanent rate buy downs. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of sellers are offering um, uh, concessions for you to buy their house. And basically they'll pay a, you know, a significant amount of money up front to buy your rate down. You know, so maybe you can get the rate down significantly below where the current market is. And so those are... Yeah, there's a good time. It's a good time to consider. Got it. Yeah. Great. And um, rates are generally. Yeah, right now, I mean, you you'll see Fannie Freddie quote just over seven, kind of the low sevens, um, and and that's probably you know reasonably accurate, kind of across the board. Like right now, today, if I price out a uh, just for a sample scenario. You know, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars purchase price, twenty five percent down, seven forty credit. My rate is six point seven five with an APR of six point eight seven zero. Um, and so, um, you know, so you can still get if you, you know, go with a good mortgage broker, you could probably still get in the high sixes. Um, but generally, you're going to see anywhere between the high sixes and the low sevens right now. Great. And the general, if if you haven't seen any of our other content. We don't know, no one knows the future. No one can predict the exact timing or if it's going to happen, but we listen to smarter people who know the general economy, who tend to think that over the next six months, maybe to a year time frame, those could start to come back even back to where they were six months ago in the fours. Yeah, some people are quoting that they may, you know, we may see that and that's kind of tied to, you know, what. What the Fed is doing right now to aggressively clamp down on the monetary supply, which is widely believed to produce you know, recessionary results, and that will depress demand, and that will tend to lower interest rates. So, so uh, you know, like Landon said, nobody knows, nobody can guarantee that at all. But there are some, I think, some very um, smart people who I think are reasonably hoping that we'll see at least you know rates get in to the fives, you know, the mid to low fives, and maybe even lower than that, you know, in the next six months to a year. Well, we don't have to dwell on this too long, but my immediate thought as a buyer would be, okay, why am I buying right now then? Why don't I wait? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, right, and um, uh, well, I think that, you know, it all has to do kind of with what you said earlier, never knowing kind of how to predict the future. 
it's you know we all knew what it was like when rates were really low, mm. and the demand was ex- yeah was exceedingly hot. You know, and it was very difficult to buy. You know, and there were very many people. I've worked. I have several clients who been in the market for a very long time and swung and missed many times because it was just the, the competition was too hot and you felt like you had to go way over bid for a property. And, you know, so I, I think that, you know, obviously everything has to do with timing. I know people who made a lot of money buying property when everybody thought it was a bad time to buy, you know, because maybe, you know, it's it's a seller's market, there's more property. But there is more property, there, there are more deals to be had. Yeah. And, you know, you, you need to buy understanding that that could be your forever interest rate. Mm-hmm. So if you finance it now, you, you know, I would never recommend that you buy depending upon the rates to come down within six months or a year in order for you to be able to afford to make that payment. I would never advise that. What I would advise though is if you can't afford to make the payment, to go ahead, you know, that's a reasonable risk to take right now to buy a property when there's a lot more property to be had when sellers are willing mm-hmm. to deal and perhaps getting in at a time before they, you know, before they go up again. And, and then perhaps being able to refinance to a lower rate down, you know, down Awesome. The Great. So topic for today um, is we are going to get into discipline. And the reason I started thinking about this is because uh, Dad has consistently woken up very early, as long as I can remember. Um, generally, is it 420? Is that when you're waking yeah, up right roughly. now? Yeah, roughly. Yeah. 419. 419. 419. Who knows why? But, um, yeah, you do, yeah. Um, and there are, it, it stuck out to me for a long time that I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to wake up early because I see the value of, of being able to wake up early and, and make the most of your morning and, and I work better in the morning. But I have a hard time doing it and I know there's a lot of people in a similar boat and I... I'm familiar with the idea that if I want to be able to do a hard thing for what I know is good, then I need better discipline. And so that got me interested in discussing the topic of discipline. So I want to, we want to talk a little bit about what it is, why it's valuable, and how you can build it, how you can practice discipline. Um, so we were talking a little bit about how to define discipline, and it's hard. Obviously, you can take the dictionary definition, but in terms of what we're getting at, um, it's difficult. There's different ways to go about it, but we came up with some possibilities. Um, do you want to get into those that yeah. definition? Yeah, um, I think for our purposes, you know, we're, we're not talking about you know discipline in the you know punitive sense, where you know, as the context makes obvious. Um, but we're talking about like an activity, an exercise, or or regimen that is repeated over a period of time. Um, that develops or improves a skill. Yeah. So you are. So that's your definition. Yeah. You want to repeat it? Yeah. So it's an activity, exercise, or a regimen that's repeated over a period of time that improves or develops a skill. Right. So you're doing something repeatedly over time, um, and you're doing it consistently because because it's developing a skill that's mm-hmm. that's a desirable skill for you to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this context, I think that's. Do you have some other? Yeah. Things to add? I, I, in, we got into this a little bit. I, I reached out to some friends who um, I respected for, for their routines, their habits, their discipline, and asked them their thoughts. And something that came back pretty consistently was um, the, the, the power of discipline to bring freedom. 
And uh, the, as I was thinking about that, um, we kind of talked through why does it bring freedom and how does that connect to the definition. The, the definition I came up with was um, exchanging short-term pleasure for a long-term good. Um, it's the ability to have foresight and let that foresight inform your current actions and forego a current pleasure, which could mean you actually have something good that you want to do that you don't do, or it could mean, in a sense, something hard that you don't want to do that you do do. And um, so overall, uh, it's, the, it's the same idea, and the definition I came up with was exchanging long-term pleasure, or, or short-term pleasure for a long-term good. Yeah. No, no, that's, yeah, exa exactly right. And, um, you know, there, there's two sides of that, and I think you've kind of brought them both out. You know, it's consistently doing what is hard, but beneficial, or steadfastly avoiding what is enticing but harmful. Mm -hmm. you know, and I think those are two things that you brought out you know, very well. Um, and, and you brought up the idea of the liberty. You know, some of your friends yep. kind of referenced that. Um, and, you know, we all have this kind of tyranny of the urgent. You know, we've, we've, we've kind of heard of that where, you know, we do the thing that's most urgent, not the thing that's most beneficial. And I think that's the idea of liberty here. You know, we have the tyranny of the superficial. You know, we do the thing that's easiest to do, but it's very superficial and not very valuable, not very re rewarding, um, instead of doing something that has much deeper and long-lasting and, and greater value, um, because it, it, it requires a lot more forethought, you know, kind of as you, as you talked about. And so I, I do think there's, there's a liberty in, or, you know, there's a liberty to pursue the most valuable things, the better things. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I want to get back to, because uh, both my, Two, two people that I reached out to also mentioned sleep as, or, or waking up as a uh, immediate act of discipline that, um, that they've worked at, and that's how I started thinking about it with, with your discipline. And I want to get back to that, but um, we'll come back to that when we start thinking about how to actually build it. Um, in terms of the value of discipline, what, why, is it a, why is it a good thing? How have you seen it bring value to people, to yourself, and um, practically, realistically speaking, obviously in, in theory it sounds good, but in real terms, where have you seen the value of discipline? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, you know, I, I, am, I am not a fastidious exerciser, you know, I, I'm not a fanatic about it, but I, but I value exercise, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm 61 years old now, and, and it's important that I maintain some level of activity. And so, you know, the way I started getting up early, and I, I, you know, I, I think maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but um, I mean, I think you know what I did. But the reason I got up early is, you know, we had, you know, five kids, five, five young kids, you were the youngest of five. And um, it was important for me to exercise. I wanted to exercise, but I also wanted to be here at breakfast every morning. You know, I didn't, you know, this was before way before COVID, you know, when you actually went to work, so you got in your car and you drove to work. And so, you know, that, I, I wanted to be here for breakfast every day. I had five kids and didn't want mom to have to do that on. I didn't want to miss that time either. So the alternative yeah. was go to the gym. Yeah, go on to your the way gym, to work. On the way shower. to work, 
then go to shower, work. then go to work and, before we're up, basically. And, yeah, before you guys were up, or or you know, and again, we didn't have all these flex schedules that we did now, so I had to be at work at eight, and work was you know, 30, 40 minutes away, and so I would have had to either you know skip exercise, skip breakfast with you guys, or be to work late, and and I didn't want any of those, you know, so I I, I wanted. So that's when I started getting up early. So I said, okay, you know, the Y opens at five. I'll be there right when they open up. And I will get done, get showered, get back home in time when you guys were just coming down for breakfast. Mm -hmm. you know? And so that was, and, and that, that achieved many different things. You know, that discipline of working that in, you know, on, you know, on, on the immediate, you know, the immediate benefit was I got to, to achieve all three of those things. I got to be with you guys, I got to do exercise, and I got to get to work on time. Mm. Um, and so those are all important, but but maybe on the, you know, kind of more to your point is, now these 20 years later, 20 plus years later, I'm still doing that, mm. you know? Mm. I still, I just, I, I, I get up, I get up early, I, I exercise early, it's just, I, even though I could go later now, right? Is it hard now still to get up at? Not, I, you know, for some reason, not at all. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's, you know, I, it's, it's almost, I don't know. Was I, it know, then? Do you remember it being hard initially? You know, I, I think it was just building that routine. You know, is, is once it got into your routine, then it, then it was just, it was just when you got up. And I, I think, you know, I, I know there's a concept of a morning person, and you know, yeah, who's one, who's not one. I guess I am one. You know, because I, it, it was never that hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, yeah, there is something to that of your, you know, whatever the physiological reason for it, or you, you, in some sense, you're a morning person, you, you, you like the mornings, it's not as hard to make that, maybe it wasn't as hard initially, but at the same time, um, I'm, it sounds like there was some period where, at least a few days, where, you know, you had to make yourself do it. Yeah, to yeah, no, definitely, yeah, yeah, I do think that's true. And that gets to something we mentioned a little bit earlier before we start filming is um, when you're building, when you want to build habits, discipline is crucial at the beginning stages. And then the habits themselves become valuable. But in the building of the habit, discipline is really crucial yeah. to get that going. And it sounds like, you know, now it's not even a second thought. It's not yeah. much of a challenge. It's it's just it's yeah. a habit. Alarm, it alarm goes off and it's time to get up. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So, which is not the case for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote a a challenge to myself one time. I think during sophomore year of college, of maybe freshman year of, you know, just it was just kind of hitting me of how uh, how that I was setting the tone for my day to start by hitting the snooze. To start, the first thing I had planned to do, I didn't follow through on. Yeah. Um, literally the very first thing right, of the day. Right. And aside from just losing the time that you wanted, that you needed, that you wanted to use, you're also setting the tone for your day of the first thing you said you were going to do, you're not doing. Right. And, and that sets the tone throughout the day. Um, I still, I'm not in the habit stage yet in terms of not hitting snooze, but working towards that. So to, to that end of working towards that, if there is someone like me that wants to build discipline, wants to practice it, what what would you recommend? What how can you practice it? How how can you build towards that? Yeah, I mean I you know, I, I do think 
you know, there's well, there's a book that that I gave to you recently called Atomic Habits, mm -hmm. and um, and, I, and I think he has some good ideas in there. I'm, I, you know, I'm not totally on board with everything he, he writes in there, and, and I I don't want to come off as as an expert on this stuff either, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I'm not by by a long shot. Um, I I need this as much as anybody, um, more than most probably. But um, but I I do think yeah that that's super important that you're defining the desirable outcome. You know that that you know because it, it kind of goes it, it, you know and and that's just another word for goals, right? I don't want to yeah. use goals because it's kind of cliche in a way, and some people just you know they've tried and failed so many times at setting goals. I, I'm you know, gonna count myself in that. That you know, maybe that term itself is 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 too negatively loaded. Um, but I think just desire, you know, define a desirable outcome. You know, what what is the outcome? Because there's there's no you know there, there's no motivation in doing something for the sake of doing it itself. Mm. You know, of getting up early for the sake of saying I got up early. You know, there's just no motivation in that. So, you know, what is it that is yeah. desirable? I mean, going back to our definition, they were variables. I'm, I'm going to go back to mine because that's what I remember. But they were all some variation of exchanging a short-term pleasure in favor of a long-term good. Right, yeah. So start with that long-term good. Right. Don't just have a vague sense of this yeah. is something I want, but define it. Yeah. Find the desirable outcome, you're saying. Yeah. And then work from there. So how do you work from there? So you define the desirable outcome and then you have to desire define one or more factors that will move you toward that outcome. Right? So that's the thing that you're gonna be disciplined. Let's say, you know, let's say you want to lose weight. Yeah. You know, let's take an easy one and a very popular one. Yeah, you, know, you want to lose weight and that's the desirable outcome. So what are some of the factors that well, well I'm gonna eat less? You know, I'm gonna exercise more. Um, you know, those are two things that are pretty common mm -hmm. in people's regimes mm -hmm. that are working toward losing weight. You know, so, so first you desire, you know, what's the outcome? You have to define that. You have to have something that's really more attractive to you than the superficial pleasure you get from just doing the next simple thing in mm -hmm. your life, you know, of, or of overcoming the hard things and doing the hard things, you know. So, the, you, so then you have to define one or more factors that will move you toward that. And then you have to establish a routine, you know, whether it's a daily or a monthly or a weekly, you have to establish some kind of a routine that will move you toward those, you know, facilitate those factors. Mm -hmm. you, you define, okay, here are the factors that I need to establish. I need to eat less, I need to exercise more. And then what are the routines, you know, that, that I'm doing and then just create some sort of accountability, and that can be self-imposed, self-monitored. Um, I think you mentioned, you know, the idea of look, you know, I'm going to take away some pleasure of myself if I don't do this. I'm going to take away a desirable thing. Um, yeah, and I think that's where the disconnect is. I think plenty of people are okay defining the desirable outcome. Plenty of people are even okay figuring out, you know, these are the actionable steps that are going to get me there, um, but. I don't know uh, if it's the if it's the current climate, current, or if it's just kind of the biggest challenge in in that process is is when the moment comes where that where that specific thing that you've defined you need to do comes up and you have to make the choice. We just don't have the ability to choose the hard thing, right? And 
one tool that, that you're talking about um, is, you know, find, find a way, find some sort of specific tool, accountability, to make you more motivated in that moment to choose the right thing that leads to ultimate right. long-term good. Um, and, and I think for, for waking up early, this is something I've tried is one of my favorite morning routines is coffee. Uh, it's just really hard to wake up at all if I know I'm not going to have coffee. Um, and so if I've set some sometimes up where if I don't wake up, if I do hit the snooze, if I don't wake up when I said I'm supposed to, then I have to wait till a certain, you know, till 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. to have coffee. And usually that's not enough. I have to tell someone else I'm going to do that. Um, because if I just tell myself that, then in the morning I find some way to excuse it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, setting some sort of accountability is, is where the rub seems to be. Yeah. Of, of where, where, I mean, your, your waking up early scenario doesn't seem to, you didn't seem to have to set up anything. It was just you were motivated enough in that moment. It might be different person to person, thing to thing, goal to goal. But I think a lot of times that's where it comes down to is can you set up? And follow set up a, a form of accountability where you're going to follow through on that. Yeah, no, that's super helpful to me because I mean we're we're talking about one area in my life that yeah you know that yeah for whatever reason I you know it's been so much part of a consistent part of my life for so long that I don't remember mm -hmm. how hard it was you know whether it was hard or not to get that going or not. But I can think of a dozen things that I'm not doing right now. Mm. You know. And, and so it's super helpful for me, you know, to me to, to, to think about, okay, yeah, am I serious? And mm -hmm. if I am, then I, then I need to set some accountability, you know, around those things. Yeah, it's super valuable. Good. Yeah, and I think it's probably, it's, it's still discipline when, when it's an area that comes easier. Yeah. But yeah. you have to have that third measure, that, that accountability measure. If it's an area that's just that you know is not going to come, or you've tried before and it doesn't come, um, then you're going to need some sort of system. Yeah, I think that speaks to the power of habit. Yeah, mm -hmm. kind of what you I think you talked about that earlier. You know, is that this is you know become a habit, and so it's just not hard for me at all. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. I don't need accountability. I don't need you know. I, I don't need to to work at it. It's mm -hmm. habit. You know, and so I, I do think there's a, there's an encouragement there, you know, that you can take something that is difficult and make it a habit, and and it really does become not difficult. You know, mm -hmm. it just becomes habitual, and you don't have to think about it. You know, it's it's you know having to think about things. I think that that can mm -hmm. create the barriers to mm -hmm. actually doing them. That's right. Um, and I do think there, there you know there's a there's a element there too that I speaking to myself again you know is that you know I, I think when you're when you when you are trying to achieve some sort of level of discipline in your life it's really important that part of that discipline is planning to accomplish the discipline you know because um, you know and, and and sometimes it's just the different levels of complexity involved but for example to bring this round to mortgage for example you know if one of my pillars of of my of our company is to be constantly learning right i i, I want to be a learner 
I want to be constantly learning so that I can constantly offer better service, different products, better guidance to clients. Then I, I can't just wake up every day and go, okay, I want to learn something today. I, I really need to build into my discipline the discipline of planning what I'm going to learn. You know, so I, so I think there's, there's, there's an element of saying, okay, if I'm serious about this, then, then you know, I'm going to be a learner, and that means on, on certain day of the week, let's say Wednesdays, I'm going to spend one hour just learning a new product, learning a new you know, aspect of, of underwriting, learning, whatever. I'm going to learn mm. something. I need to identify that the week before. Mm. You know, I, you know, so I think part of, the, part, of the, part of discipline is planning. Mm. You know, if you plan, then you won't have the excuse or the inefficiency of going, okay, now I'm ready to do my thing that I'm committed to doing, yeah. and now what is it that I'm going to do? And, and then something distracts you, and there yeah. goes that week. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good. It's, it's for, for things like that, it's hard. It gets open to the question of what's more important in the moment, and a lot of times the easier thing is going to seem more important. Um, but... Yeah, I, I, we're, we're going long, we can wrap it up, but uh, on your comment on turning something into a habit, the power of habit, I, I generally the way I, I wake up in the morning is the night before I'll figure out kind of what, what time frame I need and before I need to be somewhere or I need to do something and, and I generally change the time day to day. And I think it will become a lot easier to get up if I just commit to making a habit, even if that means sometimes I have some extra time, um, more than I need it and it eats into my sleep a little bit or um, just the power of habit there. If it's a consistent time every day, then I have the ability not just to rely on my discipline long term, but to rely on my discipline to get me to the point where I formed the habit of, you know, 4.30, 4.45 every day, whatever it is, and, uh, and using, using discipline to build a habit, not just replying on relying on discipline long term. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's sort of inherent in the idea of discipline, mm. is, it's, is it's not, you know, um, it's not as circumstantial. You know, it's, it's not impacted by day-to-day -day circumstances. You know, it's something you're doing day-to-day -day because the impact of it can't always be seen right away. The impact is cumulative and over time. And so, you know, to circumstantially modify your habits every day, mm -hmm. it, I think is very difficult. You know, obviously some kind of, you know, like if it's, you know, has to do with your schedule, how much time you need that, you know, maybe that can work. But I do think it mitigates against making that into a habit that you know that you don't have to think so hard about yeah awesome great well thanks for listening and uh, please let us know if you have any thoughts any suggestions in terms of discipline any questions and in, in mortgage in the markets right now and we will be filming again next week